Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. As you know, President Reagan was a man of deep faith, and because attending church created a massive security problem for the parishioners and the clergy, he chose to stay home during his presidency. Sometimes he was visited by a local clergyman and occasionally was able to take communion. So at this time of the year, when both Easter and Passover are celebrated, we'll take inspiration from our 40th president and listen to some of his wise words from 1983, 40 years ago. He delivered a radio address on the subject of both Easter and Passover, reflecting on those seeking freedom from oppression across the globe in East Germany and Central America, which to our minds reminds us quite a bit of the current struggle in Ukraine. We think you'll find this interesting. But first, before we go to 1983, we're going to go a little further back. Let's go to April 1977 in a radio address delivered by President Reagan on education and religion. Let's listen. Some time ago, God was expelled on constitutional grounds from our public schools. Did we really do this to preserve separation of church and state? I'll be right back. Determined to avoid the domination of government by a religious order or a situation where religious belief could be dictated by the government, the framers of our Constitution made sure that our new nation would enjoy a separation of church and state. They intended that individuals be free to worship as each chose, that government could not favor or discriminate against particular religions or denominations, nor could any denomination assume a role in government. I challenge anyone to prove that a clear and present danger to that constitutional protection has ever existed for even one moment in all the years since the Constitution was ratified. And yet a few years ago, a suit brought by an avowed atheist led to a Supreme Court ban on voluntary prayer in our schools. Have we, as a result, let some among us make atheism a religion and impose it on those of us who believe in our Judeo-Christian traditions? There is a fundamental difference between separation of church and state and denying the spiritual heritage of this country. Inscribed in the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C., are Jefferson's words, quote, The God who gave us life gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Unquote. Our coins bear the words, In God we trust. We take the oath of office, asking God's help in keeping that oath. And we proclaim that we are a nation under God when we pledge allegiance to the flag. But we can't mention God's name at a public school or even sing religious hymns that are non-denominational. Christmas can be celebrated in the schoolroom with pine trees, tinsel, and reindeers, but there must be no mention of the man whose birthday is being celebrated. One wonders how a teacher would answer if a student asked why it was called Christmas. We've gone so far that it almost seems a rule originally designed to guard against violation of the Constitution has become an aggressive campaign against religion itself. And isn't that the very thing we set out to guard against? Domination of religion by the state, in this case by public school officials. A case in point, in an elementary school in St. Petersburg, Florida, Two teachers came to class wearing lapel buttons which read, I found it. Such buttons, bumper stickers, and even billboards are widespread around the whole country. There have even been spot ads on television with people declaring, I found it. 
At any rate, the school principal inquired what the buttons meant and was shocked to learn the wearers were simply acknowledging they had found God. Now, you'd think this was a personal thing with each of the two teachers, but the principal didn't see it that way. She said, quote, I feel if the buttons are worn in the school building and a child asks what they mean, it would be bringing religion into the schools, unquote. Well, it would seem that not only is religion lacking in the schools, so is common sense. I wonder what a teacher is supposed to say if a kid asks about those four small words on a dime, in God we trust. Or could it be? That's why they aren't being taught how to read these days. This is Ronald Reagan. Thanks for listening. More about Ronald Reagan's faith, Easter and Passover, right after this message. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org give. Now, back to the story. Let's move forward six years, and now the president is in the White House. It's the season of Easter and Passover in 1983, and the president wants to deliver a weekly radio address. There's plenty going on in the world. He could easily avoid the subject of Easter and talk about his new strategic weapons program or the early signs of a booming economy, but he didn't. He chose the subject of Easter and Passover. And well, let's listen. Because, you know, he views that our system and our rights came from a higher power. That means the right to live in a free society. Let's hear how both a belief in a higher power and the right to be free inextricably belong together. My fellow Americans, this week, as American families draw together in worship, we join with millions upon millions of others around the world, also celebrating the traditions of their faiths. During these days, at least, regardless of nationality, region, or race, we are united by faith in God, and the barriers between us seem less significant. Observing the rites of Passover and Easter, we are linked in time to the ancient origins of our values and to the unborn generations who will still celebrate them long after we're gone. As Paul explained in his epistle to the Ephesians, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens of God's household. This is a time of hope and peace when our spirits are filled and lifted. It's a time when we give thanks for our blessings, chief among them freedom, peace, and the promise of eternal life. This week, Jewish families and friends have been celebrating Passover, a tradition rich in symbolism and meaning. Its observance reminds all of us that the struggle for freedom and the battle against oppression waged by Jews since ancient times is one shared by people everywhere. And Christians have been commemorating the last momentous days leading to the crucifixion of Jesus 1950 years ago. Tomorrow, as morning spreads around the planet, we'll celebrate the triumph of life over death, the resurrection of Jesus. Both observances tell of sacrifice and pain, but also of hope and triumph. As we look around us today, we still find human pain and suffering. 
but we also see it answered with individual courage and spirit strengthened by faith. For example, the brave Polish people, despite the oppression of a godless tyranny, still cling to their faith and their belief in freedom. Shortly after Palm Sunday Mass this week, Lech Walesa faced a cheering crowd of workers outside a Gdansk church. He held his hand up in a sign of victory and predicted, the time will come when we will win. Recently, an East German professor, his wife and two daughters, climbed into a seven-foot rowboat and crossed the freezing wind-whipped Baltic to escape from tyranny. Arriving in West Germany after a harrowing seven-hour, 31-mile journey past East German border patrols, the man said he and his family had risked everything so that the children would have the chance to grow up in freedom. In Central America, communist-inspired revolution still spreads terror and instability, but it's no match for the much greater force of faith that runs so deep among the people. We saw this during Pope John Paul II's recent visit there. As he conducted a mass in Nicaragua, state police jeered and led organized heckling by Sandinista supporters. But the Pope lifted a crucifix above his head and waved it at the crowd before him, then turned and symbolically held it up before the massive painting of Sandinista soldiers that loomed behind. The symbol of good prevailed. In contrast, everywhere else the Holy Father went in the region, spreading the message that only love can build, he was met by throngs of enthusiastic believers eager for papal guidance and blessing. In this Easter season, when so many of our young men and women in the armed forces are stationed so very far from their homes, I can't resist recounting at least one example of their sacrifice and heroism. Every day I receive reports that would make you very proud, and today I'd like to share just one with you. While the San Diego-based USS Hoel was steaming toward Melbourne, Australia on Ash Wednesday, its crew heard of terrible brush fires sweeping two Australian states. More than 70 people were killed and the destruction was great. Well, the crew of this American ship raised $4,000 from their pockets to help, but they felt that it wasn't enough. So, leaving only a skeleton crew aboard, the 100 American sailors gave up a day's shore leave, rolled up their sleeves, and set to work rebuilding a ruined community on the opposite end of the earth. Just Americans being Americans, but something for all of us to be proud of. Stories like these of men and women around the world who love God and freedom bear a message of world hope and brotherhood, like the rites of Passover and Easter that we celebrate this weekend. A grade school class in Somerville, Massachusetts recently wrote me to say, we studied about countries and found out that each country in our world is beautiful and that we need each other. People may look a little different, but we're still people who need the same things. They said, we want peace. We want to take care of one another. We want to be able to get along with one another. We want to be able to share. We want freedom and justice. We want to be friends. We want no wars. We want to be able to talk to one another. We want to be able to travel around the world without fear. And then they asked, do you think that we can have these things one day? Well, I do. I really do. Nearly 2,000 years after the coming of the Prince of Peace, such simple wishes may still seem far from fulfillment. But we can achieve them. We must never stop trying. The generation of Americans now growing up in schools across our country can make sure the United States will remain a force for good, the champion of peace and freedom, as their parents and grandparents before them have done. And if we live our lives and dedicate our country to truth, to love and to God,
we will be a part of something much stronger and much more enduring than any negative power here on Earth. That's why this weekend is a celebration and why there is hope for us all. Thanks for listening, and God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Thank you.